Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley. Tonight I'm going to have on Illini guys football analyst Steve Sturm. He will talk to us about the 2024 Illini verbal commitments for football, of which there are 16. So just hang on. We're going to have a real quick commercial message, and I'll be back with Steve Sturm. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys Radio Network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. And as promised, this is Illini guy, Mike Kegley, and I am sitting here with the Illini guys recruiting analyst, Steve Sturm. Steve has been uh, the one who people wait for the football recruiting spotlight article to come out after a player has committed. And over the course of our time here at Illini guys, Steve has broken down every single commitment for an Illini football player that's happened since uh, we jumped on board in January of uh, 2021, and we have been proud to have his analysis. Steve, you've done a, a yeoman's job for us. Can you kind of give folks a little bit of your background so that they kind of understand that this isn't, you know, just a media person who's very interested <laughs> in the sport, but you have a little bit different background? Gosh, it's uh hard to hear myself be referred to as a media person honestly yeah uh, I know. I'm, a, I'm a i'm a lawyer by trade but my passion's always been football so um aside from you know the regular old youth football and high school stuff i walked on to a division one program davidson college uh in uh, north carolina and played uh worked my way into a starting job there as a left tackle um, never did allow a sack uh was allegedly hold you know uh guilty of holding numerous times but was never called as far as I know. There was one play that was in question. It could have been the left guard, might have been me. Um, but I was never officially called for holding as far as I know. Um, but I've just, I, I've loved football my whole life. And uh, I was been doing recruit evaluations since long before uh, Illini guys started. And I'm happy to be a part of Illini guys now. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I will tell you folks, part of the reason why we tell you to join Illini guys for $99 a year is you get uh, things like Steve's recruiting analysis. That's part of what our subscriber-only package is. Get a lot of articles of analysis also by Matt Stevens, Brad Sturdy, Kedrick Prince. So there's a lot of good stuff that you get from people who've covered the Illini for a while, have coached for a while, or have actually played in the trenches for a while. So that's one of the benefits of joining uh, IlliniGuys.com. So, Steve, we're going to kind of go through some of the uh, 2024 verbal commitments, of which there are 16 right now. Uh, just over the, you know, as a general uh, evaluation of what Brett Bielma is doing to help the Illini build their roster of the future, you know, what kind of uh, comments would you have on the job that uh, Coach B and the staff are doing right now? Well, I'm very positive on this class. Uh, it's kind of funny because at this time last year, Matt Stevens and I were going back and forth uh, trying to hold all the subscribers' hands about saying like, well, this class doesn't actually have a whole lot of guys who had Division One offers, and they look rough, but they do have some potential. They do have some potential. And 
it did turn out that uh, a lot of those guys who were kind of unheralded at this time last year that the staff was signing up had really good falls. They got a whole bunch of Division I uh, offers as the fall proceeded, and they really did turn out to be a good class. I mean, it's not a class that uh, Illini fans are going to be jumping up and down about, uh, but it's a solid class. Uh, the class of 20, 2023 uh, is going to be good on paper, and they're going to be contributors down the line. However, this class of 2024 is definitely a step forward. The, the, the staff has gotten their feet under them a little bit more. They've got something to sell because obviously the uh, program did very well last year. They've got just a whole, whole level, a whole higher level of, of recruits at this point. Um, guys, there's very few that don't have Division I offers, and they've out-recruited a lot of major programs for these guys as well. Uh, so I think Illini fans are going to be much more excited about this group than probably the the general recruiting evaluations are going to indicate. Um, I, I know that I'm a lot higher on this group. There are a few that that are highly rated that I'm not thrilled with. But at the same time, I've done this long enough, especially for Illini football, to recognize that even some of the guys that I'm not thrilled with, this class would have been our best recruits five, six years ago. And one other question is, what kind of effect has uh, Coach B had on kind of, you know, has he been able to put a, to, to recruit the state of Illinois more successfully than his predecessors have been able to do? Well, gosh, Mike, I mean, I, I mean, the numbers just bear that out. So clearly it, it's, it's obvious, you know, Bielema has made a tremendous effort in, in making sure that Illini, Illinois, excuse me, uh, high school football coaches feel appreciated that they know that the University of Illinois is going to be there for them, is going to recruit their guys, is going to take care of their kids once they get to the University of Illinois. It's just night and day from from Lovey Smith. Um, and it's, I mean, honestly, thinking back, it's definitely they've definitely done a better job than um, Beckman did. And I think it's fair to say that they recruit the state probably even a little bit better than Ron Zook did, too. Wow. So that, that's good. That's good. And, and of course, people don't understand, but, you know, Coach B has been here now a couple of years. That effort that is resulting in players today really started on day one when he came to Illinois. Oh, yeah, no question. I mean, he made it he made it that gosh, he was jumping up and down about that in his opening press conference. And and unlike other other head coaches that we've had that have screamed the the you know that they're going to recruit the state of illinois he's actually backed it up yeah so yeah the state of illinois should feel good about uh, the university of illinois at this point and uh, it's definitely paid off uh, we're not really getting the top top recruits in the state um i know that mike farrell came out with an article today that had some bad news about some of the better uh, better players in the state leaving the state this year again but at the same time we are cleaning up on that kind of second tier guys um, I don't I mean, I, we don't quote uh, other recruiting services on our site, but, uh, you know, you, you're going to find Illinois well represented in any top 10 in the state, depending on which site you go to. Great, great. So that's good to hear. So let's let's kind of jump into your general um, thoughts on the class. And we're not going to go. I know people would be a little bored if we went, you know, from first recruit to 16th recruit. But we're going to kind of talk in um, in groupings of where they play. So let's let's talk about the heartbeat of a Brett Bielma team. Of course, that's the offensive line, and you know you have you have Caleb uh, Pyfrom, and then you have Zafir Stewart, Eddie Turk. We also have um, 
Brandon Hansen there. So you've got you've got some good offensive linemen. How are you feeling about this class and and what they potentially bring to the Illini? Well, I wrote up Caleb Pyfram's article tonight, actually. I mean, I haven't submitted for publication, but I, I wrote him up tonight. And I got to say, um, you know, for a guy with, with the offers he has, he's probably my least favorite of this class, honestly. Wow. He's, he's an NFL frame. He has the movement ability. But uh, Illinois fans probably aren't aware of this, but he's from just a terrible football program. They won, was it one game last year? Uh, it was one or zero games last year, and it really shows on his um, on his recruiting film because he's he's a man among boys, as you might imagine. I mean, any guy who's 6'5", 300, and a good athlete is going to be able to dominate. Uh, and he he loves to block; that's clear. Um, and unlike a lot of three hundred pounders, there's, he's not overweight. He's um, he's a, a sturdy three hundred. I mean, I, he's going to need like most people. He's going to need some time in the weight room uh, in order to kind of firm that up. But at the same time, he's just running around there like a, like a wrecking ball, literally. And I don't mean that as a compliment. I, I highlighted one particular clip where he pulls uh, from his right tackle position to left, which is impressive. That's why it's in there is that he pulls across the formation. Not every, not every 300 pounder can do that, but he's, he doesn't even block the guy. Essentially he just runs him over, makes no effort to make contact with him with his hands at all. He sees the man he's supposed to block and just rams into him like a wrecking ball. Uh, that's not really what you want. Um, not only that, but when he's past blocks and he and his his people, his coaches did a good job kind of creating this highlight film. Um, and they point out that he was against some he was uh, operating against some good competition on the other side. But again, he just physically dominates them. He really he doesn't seem to know how to block yet. And, you know, you expect that that's not his fault, certainly. You know, when you're, there's not many 0 and 8 teams out there who have top-notch coaches. Right. Uh, and so it's it's something that's certainly not his fault, but it makes him a little bit further away from being, um, you know, from being a, a Big Ten football player. Um, you mentioned Brandon Hansen, and I actually stopped and went back and looked at him today because, first of all, because Caleb Pyfram, in my opinion, is a bit much better guard. He could play tackle. Um, it's going to take some work. Bart Miller is going to have to make him a pet project, you know, and then we're, we're a couple years down the line yep. uh, from him really realistically being able to play. And I know that goes without saying with a lot of linemen, but it's especially true for him. But I went back and looked at Brandon Hansen's tape today. And I got to say, I like Brandon Hansen better than I like Caleb Pyfram. And Illini fans who are, who are watching this recruiting class closely are going to say, well, Brandon Hansen, he was, you know, early commit, barely got any offers, et cetera, et cetera, rated lower, but he's a better player. Uh, he also has the natural 300-pound size. He also likes to maul people. He's been playing at a higher level because even though Caleb Pyfram is at the highest level in Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska is not a very populated state. Right. Um, the, you know, the, their class is actually called Class A, but that's that's their highest class. It's probably the equivalent of, like, Class 5A in, in Illinois. You know, the competition's good enough that it's legit. You know, you can't just dismiss it. But at the same time, it's really, you know, these guys are not big enough to be able to handle a Caleb Pyfram. And, you know, regardless of whether he knows how to play or not, he's going to dominate these guys. Meanwhile, Brandon Hansen is playing against a, a tougher level of competition in Illinois. He knows how to play. He's he's fit. He's tough. And and frankly, I mean, I just I really like the guy. Illinois fans have probably forgotten about him already. Yeah. But my favorite in the class easily i think i gave this guy an eight or a nine out of ten as far as the excitement level i love the pierce tour oh my gosh that guy 
could really be an NFL player, like and an early entry NFL player. He's a little bit out of shape, um, but apparently he um, he's gotten in shape for the camp circuit. You know, I mean, you know, you don't know. I mean, these are 17, 18 year old kids if they're going to stay in shape. But he got in shape for the camp circuit and the offers just flowed, flowed, flowed. He chose Illinois over Penn State, which is saying something for a kid from Philadelphia. And oh my, I mean, this this is a guy who I mean, he should jump out on, on any film, um, if not for he's he's not playing at the highest level of competition. He goes to a private school in Philadelphia. Um, if not for that, I imagine I mean the big boys would be all over him. He's a really good athlete, and I, there are some plays on that that are just absolute jaw droppers. I especially like the one. Um, I highlighted it in my article. Uh, somebody, somebody opposing him didn't make any headway on on a pass rush, and he's playing he's playing tackle, and he's a natural tackle too. Um, so he's playing tackle. The guy tries to jump up and that bat down a pass. Now, the way I was taught, you don't you know you punish a guy for doing that, but you know you're not going to be able to stop. Him. Like right. he's far enough away from you, and that's why he did it. But you punish him, you punch him in the gut. You know, you maybe hammer him in the ribs. You you maybe take out his legs or something like that. Zafir Stewart grabbed him around the neck and body slammed him <laughs> and i've never seen that before and it might even be a penalty just because of the sheer violence of it but i mean if you want to send a message and keep a guy's arms down i think that's how you do it and i mean it i mean i'm not it, it could theoretically be called holding or even or even unnecessary roughness but i like my lineman who takes you know who take pride in their unnecessary roughness frankly you know if you get called for something like that okay i mean you're going to probably elevate the sideline to such a degree that that you know that penalty doesn't necessarily hurt you in the long term loves if you're short so and then um the uh, uh eddie turk you mentioned he's listed as a defensive lineman for a lot of people i know based on our matt and kedrick's writings that he's going to start at an offensive line um He's a really good player, has everything you want. My concern is that he's maxed out already. He's about a 280-pounder, and he clearly has worked hard on his craft. His body's in, he's in great shape. Um, he can probably get up to 300 pounds, and that's you know what he'll need to be to be an offensive line for, uh, lineman for Illinois. He, he could be one of those guys, and we've seen them through the years. Um, I'm going to throw out a name that most Illini fans probably will have forgotten. His name was John Prince. He was a All-American lineman um, that Illinois fans were very excited about in the 90s. And it turned out that he came to Champaign, maxed out, and just could not handle Big Ten competition because there was just no projection left on him. I'm a little bit worried about that with Eddie Turk. But if that happens, you turn around and put him at defensive end where Illinois is a huge need. And he's, in my opinion, he's not quite as good of a prospect there. But if you turn around and put them on the defensive line, Illinois is still going to be in good shape there. Okay, good. Well, I, I know my personal one is Zafir Stewart. I, I, he looks like the prototypical uh, cowboy offensive uh, guard. You know, I'm just like, I look at him and I'm like, okay, you know, obviously nobody's Larry Allen, but he just, he's got that attitude that you just, I would, you know, before, like when I meet him, I'm going to apologize for anything that he might not have liked that I've ever said about him, just in case. Right. Um, and, and Illinois' other offensive linemen have a, have a, have the nastiness you want. But yeah, Zafir Stewart's on another level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch whatever I say if I'm around, ever around him too. Now, now, Pyfram does have a lot of potential, but boy, yeah. they've got to, they've got to, they've got to do a lot of training 
that that other kids might have gotten in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's to be, you know, it's not his fault. Illinois has has made, you know, made a lot of hay, especially with the Florida kids. Um, there's a lot of programs, losing programs in Florida um, with bad coaching. And of course, the athletes are just as good in like, say, like the middle west coast of Florida, the panhandle, um, those areas, those schools are under recruited, believe it or not, because, you know, all the great players are at the seven and eight A schools in Florida, the football factories, they transfer in. But there's a couple of places that are kind of far from the population centers. And Illinois has made has had a lot of success um, adding those players. And it's I mean, I hope we keep doing it because it works great. Like the athletes are the same, you know. They're not better athletes on, you know, the western coast of Florida than they are. Or sorry, they're not better athletes in Miami than they are on the western coast. Um, but a lot of those, like, you know, kind of more rural programs, some of the private academies in Florida, it's the same deal. These kids have not been coached to the same level. But, of course, that gives them more projection. So, it's, you know, Eddie Turk here, I'm running him down because, you know, you know, he's he's had great coaching and great preparation to this point. Um, but at the same time, Illinois, like the guy um, – the guy who I love among the defensive backs, I'm going to jump you. I don't know if you wanted to go to defensive backs next week. week let's go, let's go to defensive that's backs. That's where next. I'm going. Because my, the other guy that I love from this class, Vernon Woodward. Oh, my God. That guy is just such a stud football player. And Matt and I went back and forth on him because, you know, he's not a great athlete. Um, but you know what? Illinois has had quite a few players who came in as not a great athlete and turned into – I mean, Sidney Brown's not a great athlete. You know, but he's a football player. You know, Sidney Brown, when he, you know, he came to, uh, gosh, what academy did he go? IMG, right? Is that where he went? Yeah, so, so he came to IMG from um, from Florida, or sorry, from Canada, and he was just knocking guys' heads off from day one. And that's what got him an offer to Illinois. And then, of course, his brother is an equally, is, is probably a better athlete. I mean, Chase is a better athlete than Sidney, but, you know, Sidney's the one who got the division offer, division one offer. Sorry, Chase got a division one offer too, but he got the high major offer. Right. And it's because it's because Sydney just came in there knocking guys heads off. And um, I mean, there was a famous play where he knocked a guy's helmet off and danced over the sideline and got a got a penalty for it. But that's the kind of thing that we were talking about was fear Stewart, where it's like, yeah, that, that's OK. We'll take that penalty. Yeah, everybody. Ver, uh, Vernon Woodward has a few of those type of plays. He's a hitter. He's dangerous around the ball. I mean, his forced fumbles are things of beauty. Um, and his competition, though, was not great so he's transferring to gosh is it is it winter park that he's transferring to or that he came from um but either way he's transferring up for his senior year and illinois i think i think there's no question in my mind honestly as, as good a football player as that guy is he's gonna excel and he's and i i really really hope that we hold on to him because i think that the big boys in the sec are going to be all over him and I, I fear that Illinois is a reservation for him. That has not been the case with most of the Illinois staff to this point. Um, you know, they do a great job holding on to guys. They have not really allowed guys to just uh, make a reservation with Illinois and then walk away. Um, but, gosh, I mean, it, and if he doesn't stay at corner, I don't care. That guy's going to be a stud at safety, too. He's, our, you know, he's 6'2". He'll be able to uh, carry 200 pounds. He's a little bit skinny at this point, so, you know, I wouldn't – project him to play you know right away when he gets to Illinois but uh I mean he's, he's going to be a star wherever he goes he's just too good of a football player 
Yeah, and he is he is uh, transferring uh, to Winter Park, which is a powerhouse in Florida, and he played last year at University High School in Orange City. So that's what it, yes, that's what it is. And U High is not it's not a football program. I mean, it's right. it's still Florida. You got a lot of athletes that you're playing against, but uh, it's not a football heavy program. And then to go to the rest of the secondary, um, you got a couple of classic, what's become a classic Illinois situation with Omar Reynolds and Chase Green, who are both tweeners. And I mean, I, I just mentioned, of course, that uh, Woodward is somewhat of a tweener, although I, I think he's got, he's just such, he's a level above either of these other two guys. But Green and, and Reynolds are both guys who have ability, but, you know, they're not real fast and they're kind of skinny. Um, so you, it's, tough to decide whether one's going to be corner and one's a safety as you as you go to other websites you're going to see one's listed as a corner one's listed as safety and then it's flipped and flipped and flipped and that was true of several players in illinois last class as well i think they're probably both better off at safety um and mar reynolds is a little bit more of a corner i'd say just a little bit um less of a, a quote-unquote football player than chase green but he's maybe a better fit as a corner but you know good players certainly um, I'm excited about both of them. Not nearly the same as Woodward, though. Um, you know, Chase Green and Amar Reynolds are guys that, you know, when they're redshirt sophomores, might get some playing time. But I really think that uh, Vernon Woodward's going to be making plays before that. He's just, he's, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to have to get his football card right now. Have yeah, I gushed that, too much good. about him? That's... I think I've gushed too much about him already. Well, you know, look, Devin Witherspoon proved people wrong. So, uh, underrated. And I'll tell you what. I wrote about him right away saying like this, this is, this is an NFL player. I would not have guessed first round NFL player, but I was like, this is an NFL player. And it's because he had not, you know, focused on football yet, um, which gave Akis similar situation. Um, you know, he'd been playing football. People knew who he was, um, but uh, he's just not, I mean, it, you know, when you focus on football, of course, everything yeah. changes. And that's what happened with Devin Witherspoon. He decided to focus on football, got a couple of JUCO offers, and then, you know, the, the film made its way around. And I, I I mean, he came from a non-football program. And I think I wrote that. I can't even remember. I've written so many of these recently, but I broke it down, the um, the undiscovered gems that uh, – the uncovered gems, excuse me, that Illinois got from Florida. He um, – um, Jerjon Newton, same thing. You know, was from a yeah. smaller high school, under-recruited. You know, a little bit small at the time, but it's because he hadn't really fo he hadn't focused on defensive line in his case. Um, but I mean, he was just natural defensive lineman. And so once he started focusing, you know, he gains the weight, gets the technique and, you know, boom, he's a star. And a lot of a lot of staffs claim they develop players. But if you look at Brett Bielma's history as a head coach, he yeah. can point to case after case of guys yeah. who ended up in the NFL. And I'm, I'm not. You know, obviously, both you and I are Illini guys, but fact of the matter is, is Brett Bielma, regardless of whether we liked him, didn't like him, whatever, he's got the resume that gives him some street cred. If if you're going to send your kid somewhere to develop the to the maximum of his skill capabilities, Brett Bielma is one of those coaches you'd want to send him to. Sure, and I mean, let's give Lovey some some credit too. He's oh, the he, one he certainly could identify brought, talent. Yeah, early in his early in his Illinois career, you know, Sidney Brown, for instance, Devin Witherspoon, guys that, you know, were totally unrecruited. Um, he just kind of plucked them out and, you know, they, those guys were good players under Lovey, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question that Beal and the staff has done a fantastic job in his three years developing players. And, 
and I don't think Sidney Brown is a is a high NFL draft pick, and Devin Witherspoon is not a a top five pick without Brett Bielema's staff involved too. You know, and that's Ryan Walters, of course, is gone, but also Aaron Henry, um, and you know, I mean, all of them are good. I, I love this staff. Yep. So, so if we go past the defensive backs, let's go into the uh, the linebacking position then, and and talk a little bit about those players. Well, there's Easton Baker. I mean, Easton Baker is is just a classic linebacker. Um, he's another guy who was a little bit under-recruited, and then all of a sudden, you know, his film, you know, hit the uh, made the rounds this spring. He hit a couple camps, and then famously, Oklahoma really, really badly wanted him. And um, um, was Andy Boo who flew out and just, like, went to yep. see him personally and knocked on the door, which you don't see anymore. You know, that's a story from the 80s, which is common, right? You know, you I haven't, like, I haven't and, seen that since air with uh, when Matt Damon went to see Michael yeah. Jordan's parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, back in the day, an assistant would drop everything and drive over to some recruits house 10 hours away just to make the effort. Right. And you see it with basketball recruits. You, I mean, Andy Boo dropped everything because he's like, I've got to have Easton Baker. And I, I mean, he was right. Easton Baker is another guy who's a stud football player. I don't know athletically if he's going to be a standout. But I'll tell you what, Easton Baker's going to be a starter at Illinois. And have you ever be... have you ever seen somebody who had more hits that resulted in fumbles yeah. going for yeah. touchdowns than he has? Because I've never yeah. and and, it, and I think two of them. Not only did he destroy the player, but he picked up the ball and went 40, 50 yards yeah. for a touchdown, and then a couple of three or four other times, other guys on the team benefited from it. Yes, his forced fumble rate. I I know I. I put it in his article. I think he forced fumbles on 10% of his tackles, which is just, it's unreal. And the competition, he was he's playing at a higher level in Utah, but kind of like I was saying about the Nebraska folks too, they're, you know, it's a non-very populous state. They love their football there, but you're not going to have quite the same level of competition. So, you know, quite a few of those guys, their football highlight is going to be like, hey, remember that time Easton Baker knocked me out? Um, you know, he's starting in Illinois now, and he's, you know, maybe – uh, went to a training camp with an NFL team and that's on the low side. I mean, I, I don't want to run the kid down. Uh, he's not a great athlete. And, you know, some of those guys are, you know, many, many of those players like Dana Howard, for instance, have fan, or Jay Lehman have fantastic college careers and they don't make it in the NFL. Um, but so what, I mean, I, I'm an Illinois fan and we're an Illinois website. So let's talk about how he could be one of the most productive Illinois linebackers in a while. He, he's going to have to fight for playing time more than Dana Howard and Jay Lehman did because Illinois program is in, is in such good shape at this point. But um, I love Easton Baker. And then, gosh, who are the – we've got a couple guys who are outside linebackers slash defensive linemen. Yes. Um, it's kind of hard to say where Joe Barna is going to start. Um, he's another guy I'm a little bit afraid is maxed out. Um, he's a 240 pounder right now will probably be um, a very good outside linebacker for us you could maybe pump him up to 280 I would love him I would love it if you could pump him up to 280 because he reports himself about 48 speed and that looks you know I mean these guys are putting their best foot forward clearly right he you know he, he's probably 48 with the wind behind him um, but he does have good quickness he's a good athlete you know the, the 40 time can be overrated sometimes he's a good athlete you put him in an area where, in a situation where he only has to get to short areas and he's going to be very valuable um, as an outside linebacker and Illinois outside linebackers I mean, are, could be called defensive ends in a lot of systems. 
Um, so it's not like he'll be a failure or anything like that. He was an outside linebacker. I mean, God knows Gabe Ackes doesn't actually have a great 40 time either. Um, but he's very, very effective. Um, you know, gosh, um, Alec Bryant's not going to set any records as right. a 40 you know, time either. Um, Joe Barna could very well be, you know, a, a Alec Bryant type of player at worst. Um, he's definitely a valuable addition. And then who's the other guy? I'm sorry. I'm looking over this list right now because I've, I've frankly I've written so many of these in the last couple of weeks uh I start to go a little bit I think then we get into the other defensive linemen um uh, or or depends on where you know your tight ends end up yeah okay so the other defensive linemen Demetrius John and Angelo McCollum I hope are able to be like to bulk up to be our classic defensive ends in a three four like we run the defensive end is actually the key position. You you have to have a guy who can make plays and also be able to function with a strong blocker on either for, on either shoulder, on both shoulders, I should say. So a defensive tackle, it's actually a lot easier than you think to find a 320-pound guy who can grab the center and the and the guard and just pull him down and and eat up space. Um, Illinois already has quite a few guys like that. Um, we don't have defensive ends. The defensive end, the defensive line. Um, recruiting overall has been a little weak, but especially we've been missing defensive ends. We just, we, the, the depth chart has no depth at this point. Um, so I really, really hope those guys can bulk up soon. I especially like Demetrius John. He's the guy, he's the kind of guy who, when you bulk him up to 280, um, if he maintains his movement skills, then he's a guy who could be a future NFL player, in my opinion. A um, couple of steps down the line before you get to that. I mean, I don't, I'm not, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not as in love with him as I am, of course, Stuart Woodward, that kind of player, but he's my favorite of the defensive line recruits right now. Um, you know, not counting Eddie Turk, you know, if he's an offensive lineman, for instance. Um, and then Angelo McCollum, he's a good player. Like he's a player that any big team, 10 team should want. Um, I think he's just a little bit more of a plugger than um, Demetrius John. Um, but at the same time, you know, th this couple years down the line, you could see him, you could see those two be our Newton and Randolph, hopefully, you know, but you're talking about two years down the line for both guys. Uh, I hope that we don't get forced into playing them sooner. Um, I think Matt and I went back and forth on this last year, and I think we were unanimous, which is rare for Matt and I, um, <laughs> that more than anything, Illinois needed to put all its, its pennies in the piggy bank to keep Newton and Randolph because we, yes. they were the keys to the defense and we have nobody behind them. Um, and thankfully, um, Bielema agreed with that. And that's, those are the guys who got all the NIL money. I, I'm not going to say all, but the, the large bulk of it. Um, and that should set Illinois up to be a bowl team again next year. Um, you know, I don't want being a longtime Illinois fan. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be too confident in that, but um, that's what I think at this point. Um, can we get to Trey, Trey Petty next? Yes, go right ahead. Yeah. Trey Petty, the quarterback out of Mississippi. Yes, he's my next favorite, and that's why. Okay. Um, probably not an NFL. I mean, he's kind of small. Um, and unlike the small NFL quarterbacks who, you know, kind of snuck into the league in last year and, and done well, he's not the athlete that uh, a Kyler Murray um or you know uh you know either any of the guys who were drafted early in the first round last year he's just not that type of athlete he's probably more of a baker mayfield type of athlete maybe on his best day um 
But at the same time, my gosh, that guy is such, he's a leader. He can do it all. He already, see, there, the, there's a throwing chart detailing basically eight throws in terms of like, you know, short screens, swing passes, you know, outs, seam passes, et cetera. He, he makes all set, you know, all of the first seven. He doesn't have a great deep ball yet, but I mean, how many guys have a great deep ball who are college quarterbacks? I mean, we're, that's Jeff George. You know, when you're talking yeah. about making the, making the throw number eight, that's Jeff George. And, you know, there's not going to be many Jeff Georges, especially not ones you can, you know, move around like, uh, um, like Trey Petty can. Um, I just, and of course I love, I love the continuity that he backed up Altmeyer in college, in high school. And now the two of them are going to be better, you know, be back together at, in Champaign. I think that's, I mean, continuity is, is nice, but, you know, having that friendship and being able to carry it on in the mentorship is, is such a bonus. I really love that. So he's my next best pick to pick to click out of this group. Um, he's my third best, which, you know, I know it's easier to say that about the, uh, uh, about the quarterback um well, and got, then I just, I, before you get going i talked to um some of his uh former teammates uh, at from starkville were at a uh memphis eybl basketball tournament and i had a parent tell me that it, first off he was one of the great kids that he's a guy who's a glue guy on top of all of his talent just got a personality that that people enjoy being around and the other thing I was told is that if he was in um, Alabama or Mississippi, or excuse me, or uh, Louisiana, he'd be a four star. And yeah. sometimes, and sometimes, you know, being in in Mississippi, you just kind of get downgraded in life. And uh, that they they really felt like he had he 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 was a little bit reduced in his rankings just because of where he plays, as opposed to some other places. Yeah, it's just honestly, it's not even the size as much as it is the forty time, and it and it's that it, it probably kept him out of the four star range, kept you know the SEC schools from offering him a bag of money to stay there. Um, and it's and it's not that he's slow, and it's not that he's not effective on his feet because he's very elusive. He's he's Tommy DeVito out there, really is what he is. He can he can make all kinds of plays with his feet, but he doesn't require you know he doesn't necessarily need to run for hundred yards in a game to be effective with his feet, which is kind of kind of the prototypical college quarterback these days you know right. somebody who's dual threat but he's primarily going to make plays with the pass and of course that extends his life as a college quarterback too he doesn't take those big hits yep now the next step would be our uh, the tight end position where illinois has been um uh, yeah had some activity as well oh gosh you know i was actually i just started to write up my article on Tanner Hollinger tonight. And it's just, I, I, I kind of had to laugh because, you know, when you, when you look at Illinois' depth chart now at tight end, you have very few guys who anybody has ever seen play tight end in, in a meaningful way. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, you've got, you got Griffin Moore, who was a quarterback in high school um, and has played you know, less than 20 snaps at Illinois. So, you know, and there's not meaningful ones. So you don't really know what you have there. Uh, you have, and then you have um, Nathan Gwynn, who has, you know, his highlight film is about four four snaps long uh, on his huddle. He's got some practice reps in there after that. You just don't know because he got hurt when he, after he switched to tight end uh, in high school, he'd been a defensive end and hadn't even played that much as a defensive end. Um, he went to, 
one of the football powerhouses. Um, so, I mean, it's not any sort of shame that he, um, that he didn't get a lot of playing time in high school, but, uh, at the same time, no, none of us, Vero Beach, so none of us have really seen him play tight end in a meaningful way. And then you've got two guys from small and then smallest schools. And then um, it's especially complicated that I was I was going over, I went back when I was looking at Tanner Hollinger and went back and looked at Carson Conkle as well. And I was like, which one of these guys is, is actually the smaller, smaller school player? Because... Tanner Hollinger plays eight man football in Nebraska, yep. but it's from a, it's from a, a um, fantastic program. Those kids are really well coached. Tanner Hollinger, you know, despite playing kind of a pseudo, you know, offensive tackle slash tight end position uh, in eight man football, he looks more polished than Carson Conkle and Carson Conkle uh, plays at Pinckneyville high school, you know, which is, a, has an enrollment of 425. So one of the smaller schools in the state of Illinois. And I can't even tell you which classification Pinckneyville would fall into because it's been so long since they made the playoffs, which is kind of incredible when you got a guy and Carson Conkle had other division one offers. So you know that he's not a nobody, right? This is not a guy that Illinois just kind of like closed their eyes and had a feeling about and gave him a scholarship. Um, yet you watch him play and it's, he doesn't look as polished as Tanner Hollinger. He's a, he's a good enough athlete. I'm not saying that he's not a good take or anything like that, but he plays for a, kind of a bad program in Pinckneyville there, which despite having a surefire, you know, high major player still manages to put up losing record year after year. Um, that's kind of hard to do. Um, and it shows. So, you know, as for which one of them is going to get the first bite at the apple on champagne versus Griffin Moore versus Nathan Gwynn, I have no idea. The only guy they had that had any sort of polish as a tight end, any sort of experience was Nathan Car or David Cargill, and he transferred out quickly. So who knows? I mean, we might just need to go start beating the bushes for tight end uh, um, walk-ons again and hope to get another Tip Ryman, who, who also played uh, eight-man football, by the way. So, you know, if if that works, it works. Um, I think it's it's a heck of a gamble by the staff, honestly, because we know they love tight ends. They play two tight ends yep. often. And, come, you know, a couple years down the line, I have no idea. I mean, uh, being honest, I have no idea if any of these guys is a Big Ten tight end. And no, and nobody could honestly tell you that they that they have a better idea than that. Because or is any of them I have that? Do they have that ability to grow into a left tackle or a defensive end? Or is it that hard to just – I mean, I wouldn't. They, I wouldn't put either one of them as a defensive end necessarily. I mean, outside linebackers, where you put a guy of that yeah. size and speed, in Illinois in Illinois system. Um, but you know, if they if those guys aren't playing tight end, well, we're in trouble because somebody needs to play tight end. Right. Two guys need to play tight end for Illinois, essentially, if not three. And uh, unless, well, I mean, I guess we just don't know. You know what Barry Lunny has planned for the future. He might have. You know, he might have just want to go back to playing uh, one tight end, which is um, what he often did at uh, uh, UTSA. So we don't really know what the grand plan is there, but I'm, I'm a little bit, I wouldn't say worried, but just interested, let's say in what's going to happen at the tight end position. Cause Carson Conkle, I mean, he's, he's a good enough athlete. He looks like he can be a big 10 tight end. Um, 
Tanner Hollinger looks like he can be a Big Ten tight end. But, I mean, when you look at highlight packages with these guys playing against 180-pounders, 150-pounders, it doesn't tell you anything. I mean, they might as well be running routes against air, you know, just because yeah. those guys aren't going to be able to stop them. And Tanner Hollinger, I mean, his blocking uh, is just otherworldly when you're talking about eight-man football. But, you know, he's not going to be facing 150-pounders in the Big Ten, clearly. Yeah. Uh, especially because, you know, in eight-man football, he's lined up at the end of the line of scrimmage sometimes. I mean, he's blocking at what is kind of essentially a safety. You know, you know, an eight-man football safety again and again. I mean, you know, he's blocking these guys out of bounds, and it's fun to watch, but it doesn't tell us anything. Right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's a challenge there. So that leaves us to our our last position, which is wide receiver for the uh, Illinois class, this uh, 2024 verbal commitments. Yeah, well – I've got good news and bad news. The good news is Tyson, Tyshawn, is that how you say it? Griffin? Yes. Tyshawn. Um, Griffin, I mean, he's he's going to be a good one. I mean, he's a, he's going to fit just right into what Illinois likes to do with Isaiah Williams. He doesn't actually probably have the, the straight line speed that Isaiah Williams has, but he's so quick and elusive. Um, and, and again, like Morgan Park plays in the Chicago Public League, which has a lot of great, great athletes, but not a lot of great coaching. So, you know, some of those guys don't know how to, you know, distribute their weight and uh, break down correctly, you know, with a, an elite athlete who's going to run around them. But I, I, I feel confident that he's a good enough athlete that he's going to he's going to make plays for Illinois. Um, I was not thrilled with Carlos Orr. Carlos Orr is a, a you know, he's, he's a tall 180 pounder. He plays stronger than 180 pounds. Um, I, you know, he plays good competition at, at Gatlinburg. Um, Tennessee, uh, but at the same time, it's, it's actually not their highest class, but it's, I think it's the second highest class in Tennessee, but you know, that's a football rich state, a lot of NFL players, a lot of high college, high major college players come out of that area. Uh, and he's, he's beating them up consistently, which is nice. I kind of see him being restricted to just being an outside receiver though. Um, he's a guy who probably would have fit in pretty well with the last class or the class before I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. In this class and, you know, the timing of when we took his commitment after a few other receivers turned us down tells me that maybe he was more of a plan B or plan C. And that's what it looks like to me. Um, you know, hope I'm wrong. Um, I, I will say that uh, I, I wrote him up and I, I didn't, you know, I, I reflected what I just said, said in my article. And gosh, he retweeted the heck out of that article. So um, either he's using it as motivation or he's just happy to have somebody write about him. I'm not sure. But I think, you know, I got like 100 Twitter mentions about that article. Um, I hope they're not all bad, but because uh, I don't really read them all. I don't want to get into all that. But yeah. um, I know that my phone kept blowing up with like bing, 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 bing. You know, you've been mentioned, you've been mentioned, it's been retweeted, retweeted. So um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm an Illinois fan too, like all of us. And I hope that uh, he turns out great. But I'm, I wonder if he has the ability that to, to be more than a, um, an extra receiver for Illinois. Right. Uh, yeah. And I've heard Tyshawn, a uh, couple of people said he is literally the most exciting player in the state of Illinois uh, high school right now. So I'm, I'm all excited to see that. And, and, you know, um, we've seen with Isaiah Williams, you know, that general type of receiver. Um, we know that tank, Wright will put weight on these guys and we'll get them into shape to play. And, you know, it's, it's it's really crazy with a coach like Bielema and his staff because, you know, literally a guy who came here with no stars goes number five in the draft. 
if that was a movie that you read that, that you watched that, you'd say, well, what a stupid script. That never happens. So mm-hmm. Brett Bielema can say it does on my mm-hmm. team. And yeah. and yeah. that's a, that's, that's just, you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, like even when you look back at in the NBA, like Dennis Rodman, you know, goes in the second round, becomes a hall of famer, you know, nobody had ever heard of him either, you know, it, it, but it's even more dramatic when you're the fifth player picked. Sure. Um, that's just amazing. So yeah. um, any other thoughts um, on the way to the teams, you know, obviously looking to close out there. We're hearing somewhere around 20 will be what's in this class. Any other yeah. additional thoughts? Well, Matt projected 20. Um, and I have no reason to dispute that. Uh, I think the number of actual spots is 17. Uh, but, you know, it's it you'd be crazy not to count on attrition these days yep. uh, guys are going to transfer out guys are going to get injured and guys are going to get upset or lose playing time in the fall etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i mean i think if history is a guide i mean illinois made room for uh mackie resetich last year they did not have room for him but they were like you know what we're, we know that somebody's gonna gonna move you know and we just have to have this guy which by the way he's my pick to click from the last class such an athlete and a tough kid on top of that that's that's a guy you know kind of like uh, um you know that's a guy who you know we we're talking about guys when we suddenly focus on football and what they can turn into when they focus on football oh my gosh i i honestly i i i said this to matt and he said i'm crazy and i maybe i am he might be the best running back in that class ahead wow. of Caden fagan i mean they he actually played tougher competition he's faster clearly and he has contact balance and power, which is what you want. I mean, I mean, Caden Fagan's really good. He deserves his four-star ranking, but Macrosetich, man, that guy's going to be something for Illinois. I mean, and I, I don't know if our viewers are aware of the story, but, you know, Bielema saw his tape and immediately, like, locked it away, like in a black box and said, like, okay, nobody come near this. Like, as soon as I'm allowed in the late recruiting, uh, in the late recruiting season, you know, I'm, I'm heading over to uh, Spring Valley personally, and I'm going to get this kid. And wow. of course, that's the that's the one and only time that's happened for Il- for Brett Bielema, at least as an, at Illinois. I've had no idea about all the stories at Wisconsin or Arkansas, but uh, I know that that's the only time he's done that at Illinois. And as soon as I saw Brissett at his tape, I was like, "Oh man, this guy, this guy's going to be special." So Excellent. anyway, see what happens when you get me excited about Illinois football, Mike. I mean, you told me you told me maybe a half hour, forty five minutes, and here we are, fifty minutes later. And I go on and on and on. That's just that's just my excitement for football, though. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming on. And of course, folks, again, uh, Steve writes some incredible stuff. His his uh, football recruiting spotlight series is a mainstay at the Illini guys. Uh, we think that you know when you've got somebody who played in college football, um, never allowed a sack. Although I'm a little bit hesitant on this, he got away with it, and he's a lawyer. <laughs> it's a little scary, but. Um, you know, this this is one of the advantages of of really getting a subscription from Illini guys is that you get to the the eyes and the evaluations of somebody who's who's been out there on the field and paid the dues and been successful and looks at it more from a standpoint of a of a coach than he does really a um you know a, a fan or trying to 
think about like, oh, gee, what would I be, what would be important to me? Well, he's been around coaches and played the game, so he can kind of, there's no extrapolation here. So um, thank you so much for this, Matt. And everybody, again, AlanaGuys.com. Steve, yeah, call Matt. Yeah, I'm calling you Matt. I'm that's, way better looking than Matt, so that's well, that's an info. Uh, obviously, um, <laughs> you know, we call Steve the heartthrob of the Illini guys. So there you are. Um, <laughs> that's how you could tell us apart. If you you know you see a bunch of ugly guys and Steve, then you go, oh, that's that must be Sturm. Uh, th- that was one of the great moments of Illini guys history. I was standing in line last year at the home opener, and some twelve year old kid saw my shirt that said Illini guys on it. He turned around and he goes, are you one of the Illini guys? And I said, yes, I am. And he goes, I can tell your voice, your voice. You're the fat one who eats pizza. Oh no. <laughs> and I had to, you know, I was so excited at somebody recognizing me that I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Excellent. Either way, that's, we'll take, we'll take, you know, what any publicity is good publicity. That's right? exactly how I look at it, Steve. Yeah. Well, anyway, folks, uh, thanks for listening to this. We will be right back after a real quick uh, commercial break. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year and you get a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. Thank you so much to Steve Sturm for stopping by and sharing his thoughts on the 2024 verbal commitments to the Illini football program. If you enjoy Steve's uh, insights, you can definitely listen to or come and subscribe to the Illini Guys You can listen to him on podcasts, but he'll also have his football recruiting spotlight articles and his trench reports during the season where he breaks down what's going on on the offensive and defensive lines of scrimmage. It's a lot of fun and very informative, so I would highly encourage if you really enjoy what you're hearing, please give us a a chance, seven-day free trial, and I think you'll be very happy with what you get, particularly if you're a football fan and you want to hear from guys like Steve. And, of course, you can also follow him on Twitter, at SteveSturm55, and Sturm is S-T-U-R-M. Steve is S-T-E-V-E. I'm assuming everybody got that. So at SteveSturm55, And with that, folks, we will say goodbye for this episode. And of course, go Illini.